pretty cool intro, isn't it? I, I don't know if the ladies like it, but I think all the guys are like, yeah, I can go bench press like 450 pounds. Well, it's good to see everybody here at the Germantown campus. We want to welcome everybody at the West Campus, everybody that's watching us on the online campus. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't, it's going to be on the screen for you in just a minute. Ephesians chapter 6. Like Ryan said, we are starting a brand new series uh, called Warrior. It's just a two-week series. And, and here's the reality. I, I um, This summer, uh, just processing about the fall and what God's doing and where we're going. And, and this time of the year, I don't know about you, but my favorite season of the year is fall. I love fall. I don't know if it's like back to school, new clothes as a kid. It's like a new year. It's a, it's a new time to start something. It's just kind of, I, I love football. I love all the hype around football. I love college football, pro football, high school football. Uh, it, you know, yesterday I saw kids going to the high school football games, and just it's just something about this time of the year. And, and we're ending a season, you know. Uh, end of August is kind of the ending of the summer, but it's also the beginning of something new. And, um, and this summer has seemed to be a summer where a lot of us have gotten some rest. It's been a, a really a blessed summer here in southeastern Wisconsin. And, and as a church, uh, I see some new things happening and some exciting things that are going to be happening in the next several months. Matter of fact, I think the next 12 months are probably, we're going to see more miracles take place and more exciting things happen in the next 12 months than I think we've seen in, in the history of the church. And I'm not saying that in a hype way. I'm just saying, like, I've been this week with architects on the design of the Germantown campus, and it is exciting to see what's happening. I, I'm, I, we're, we're meeting with guys to set everything up and to start working. We've got some consultants that are helping us with all of this. Uh, with the city of Germantown, with what's happening just in Germantown, just let me tell you, they're actually doing a traffic study to see the impact that you are going to make with a new facility uh, to make sure that they don't have to change the timing of the traffic lights here on our corridor because of how many people that they're coming into this campus and going off of this campus. That's amazing. Because, you know, I mean, you know, how many people, you know, you go to a church and they're like, if that church didn't exist tomorrow, would anybody in the community know? Well, yeah, hello. I mean, they're looking at changing the traffic count just for you because there's so many people like you. I mean, look around. It's a summer night on Saturday night here at the West Cam at the Germantown campus, and all of the people that are here, it's just amazing to see what God's doing. We're going, getting ready in two weeks to go to a 4.30 and a 6 o'clock Saturday night service, and you think we're crazy? We've already established that a long time ago, didn't we? And, and then we're doing two on Sunday morning. The West Campus is going to two service. And some of you are like, the online, what's happening? Do you know there's over 40 people a weekend that average on the online campus for one reason or another? Uh, and, and our kids, our students that are going away off to school, they'll be able to stay connected to see what's happening because at 11 o'clock uh, on Sunday mornings, you can see the entire service from the beginning to the end, all the bloopers, all the things that we try to edit out. You get to see everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. It's just exciting to see see what God is doing. And as we're digging those ditches, man, as we're going after that, and God's doing some great things. But I believe also in your own lives, because I've been praying for you through this course of this summer, and some of the challenges and some of the things that you've been facing, and some of the trials and, and, and some of the stuff that's happening. And, and there's God's birth some new and exciting things in your life, but, but then the enemy tries to come in and steal and kill and destroy. And, and, and I believe the next 12 months are going to be just personally victorious times. But I think all of this is not going to be without a struggle. I think we're in for the ride of our life. I think we're in for the fight of our life. 
I really do. Because the, the Bible says that we have an adversary. We have this one, that, this enemy of our soul. And he goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so tonight, today, I, I want to take a few minutes and I just want to talk to you. I just want to prepare you for what I think God is going to do corporately in our church and what I think God is doing in your life. And then we're going to, at the end of this message, I'm going to have the band come back and we're going to have a time of prayer uh, just to pray for you that as you go back to school, as you go back into this fall, as you go into this, your business, your marriage, your whatever, whatever it is that you're believing God for, whatever thing that you're fighting against, whatever it may be, the Bible says that no weapon formed against us, those of us are in Christ Jesus, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, that you will overcome by the blood that Jesus Christ shed and by the word of your testimony. So, so tonight, I just want to begin this series on this warrior, and we're going to finish it up next week. And so I'm only going to preach half my message. Is that good? I'm probably going to be long, but I'm just going to preach half of it. And let me set this up a little bit just, just to make sure we're all on the same page. There are two worlds. There's good and there's evil. Now, I'm not talking about Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, good and evil. I mean, there's a real good and there's a real evil. There's God and there's Satan. Now, God and Satan are not equals. They're not opposites. This isn't, again, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. Because to say that Satan is the opposite of God would be to say he is equal to God. And the Bible says that God is all-powerful, all-knowing, that he is God, and that there is none even in the same stratosphere as him. Matter of fact, if you read throughout Scripture, you find the story of, of how Satan kind of became Satan. He was an angel, and the Bible tells us, and that he rebelled against God. And when he rebelled against God, God kicked him and a third of the angels of heaven with him that followed him out of heaven. And when, when he did, there became this separation of good and evil in the world that we live in. This conflict of, of right and wrong began. That God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says, and he spoke this world into existence. And in doing so, uh, he, did, he allowed you and I as humanity not to be rock'em, sock'em robots, but he created us to be free moral agents. And in doing so, he said, look, Adam and Eve, you can do anything you want to do, just don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So what does Satan do? He takes the one thing that God says no for our own good, and he comes in and he perverts it and he twists it and he comes in and the Bible says that he talked Eve, he talked Adam into doing what God said not to do, which is sin. Sin is just a, a big three-letter word for disobedience from God. Anytime we disobey what God's word says, anytime we disobey what God wants us to do in our life, that's sin. That, that's all that is. And so sin entered the world with, 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 with that disobedience of, of Adam and Eve partaking of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the one thing that God said not to do. And from that point forward, humanity's become the battleground that the enemy, that good and evil fight over. See, the devil doesn't care about the kingdoms of this world. The devil doesn't care about the world itself because he knows in the end it's all going to burn. It's all going to be for naught. But the only thing worth taking, the only spoils of war worth having is you and me and your kids and my kids. The only thing worth having is the souls of men and women. That's the only thing. And I'm going to tell you something. Satan has a trophy room that's so stinking big you can't even imagine. And it's just got the heads of all the people whom he has tricked and he's deceived. And that he's just, you know, he's killed them and cuffed them and stuffed them. And he's put them up on the wall like some big elk that you get from out west. And he's just put them, and you think I'm joking, but this is it. And, 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 and the deal is, is that God says you don't have to be on Satan's trophy wall, that there is a way, that there is a way of escape, that there's a way in which we wage war against the enemy. Now, before we're in Christ, there's no conflict. 
Honestly, before you're in Christ, life's kind of like the lazy river, right? At the Kalahari. Can I get a witness? I know some of you done some lazy river this summer. Hallelujah. Praise God for it. Get yourself an inner tube and just float and let the kids just go crazy. Wah! I don't care. I'm on a lazy river, right? Oh, there's a warm spot. Oh, it's a lazy river, right? That's what it is. <laughs> and that's kind of what life is like. And then all of a sudden, you give your life to Jesus. And what happens? All hell breaks loose. The car breaks down. You get in a fight with your spouse. Kids go haywire. The money, it seems like, you know, your bosses match. Everybody, the dog doesn't even like it, right? <laughs> Come on, man. I'm telling you, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Everything happens. Why? Because all of a sudden, you've entered into the conflict. You've now become a marked individual. There's now a target on your back. And the more you go after God, and the more you pursue the things of God, the more the enemy of your soul wants to take you, and he wants to kill and steal and destroy you and put, him, put you on his trophy wall. And God says, no, 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 no. There, there's, a much, there's a much better way. And, and so you are now a soldier. You're now a warrior in the army of the Lord. And Paul talks about this very straightforward in Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10, we're going to read three verses this weekend, verse number 10, 11, and 12. He says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 12, for our struggle, or we don't wrestle, is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. He's speaking, and you have to understand this. Most of the New Testament was, was written to Christ followers who are struggling. Because they have this new, this new thing called Christianity. And they are literally being pursued. They're literally being, they're running for their lives. I mean, their very lives, their families, their livelihood. Everything is at stake for the sake of the cause of Jesus Christ as they evangelize the world. Only one of the 12 disciples died a natural death. And we don't even know how he died. It was John who wrote the book of Revelation. He died on the Isle of Patmos. But they, before, they, before he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos, they tried to boil him alive in oil, and he would not die. When you read these stories of the, of the disciples, these were some tough men. These were some tough individuals. These first century Christ followers were tough. And Paul's writing this book to the church in Ephesus. And these Christians that he's writing to, these were seasoned Christians. They were mature Christians. And what I'm going to talk to you about this weekend and next weekend, it's good things for everybody to know. But I'm really speaking heavily to those of you that are mature Christ followers. I'm really talking to those of you that are involved in the conflict. I'm really talking to those of you that are there because that's who he's speaking to. And he's reminding them, hey, you're in a war. Hey, you're, there's a target on your back. Hey, there's something that's going on. And so I just want to break this down this weekend or next weekend about what he's talking about. First, a warrior must be prepared for battle. A warrior must be prepared for battle. And Paul gives two important elements there. First is power. Power. If you're going to be a warrior, you've got to have power. You've got to have strength. It's got to come from somewhere. You may not look like me or those guys on the screen before the deal, right? I know, it's, favor ain't fair, but right? But, but you've got to have power. Verse 10 says, finally, the last thing I tell you, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. So that word in, now I want you to understand that. It says be strong in or be strengthened in is probably a better uh, a way that it should say it. 
but, but this, 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 is, this means there's an empowering, ongoing process. Now, I want you to check this out. Not by the Lord, but in the Lord. All the difference in the world. There's an empowering, ongoing process. Not by the Lord, but that's found in being in the Lord. God uses you. He doesn't do it for you. Because there's sometimes where we go, man, I'm fighting a battle. I'm fighting temptation. I'm fighting, you know, uh, with my spouse. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just struggling to keep my witness at school. Man, I'm, I, I've lost my job or the economy's tough, and I just feel like the enemy's coming in. And he's attacking me. And so I'm just going to ask God to do this for me. God doesn't do this for us. God does this through us. God doesn't do it for you. He does it through you. And your strength isn't, isn't found by him. It doesn't say, uh, uh, finally, be strong by the Lord and by his mighty power, but it says be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. See, the only way you find strength as a Christ follower is not by God, but it's in God. See, the world thinks it's by God. The world thinks that i got to get everything by God. I'm going to have salvation by God. I'm going to have my relationship by God. I'm, I'm going to overcome by God. I'm just going to come like God is some cosmic heavenly ATM that I can just punch in a code and he's going to give me what I need and it's going to be there. That's not what scripture says. It says you're going to overcome when you are in him. It's what Jesus says about abiding in the vine. If your words abide in me and I abide in you, ask whatever you will and it'll be done for you by the Father in heaven. You go, well, I ask, but it's not happening. Are you abiding? Are you living? Are you finding yourself in? Are you just asking God to do it? Are you coming to God and saying, God, will you pay these bills or are you in him? Are you saying, God, will you deal with this temptation or are you in him? Are you asking him to fix your spouse or are you in him? See, that's the deal. Because when I'm in God, that denotes the fact that I am, I, I am regularly involved in a relationship with him. I'm regularly involved in having conversation with him. I'm spending time in prayer. I'm spending time in his word. And, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the economy of heaven is faith. And so what I learn is, is that I grow. The more I hear God's word, the more I pray God's word, the more I'm around God's word is the more I grow. And I develop, just like going to a gym and I develop my physical body, is the same way in which I develop my spiritual body, is that I am in him. I'm allowing myself to be in him. What you're doing this weekend to be in service, to sit under the teaching of God's word, you're in him. That's where the strength comes from. The strength doesn't come from God. It comes from being in God. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like, hey, there's electricity that's flowing through the current to these 110 outlets all in this room. But unless you are in that current, unless you put your outlet into that wall, unless you put your plug-in into that wall outlet, unless the plug-in is in it, you're not going to receive from it. Unless I am in God, I'm not going to receive from God. Unless I'm walking in his word, I'm walking in his will, I'm walking in prayer with him, I'm never going to have what I want. And I'm going to live this frustrated, defeated life that God never called me to live. Now, the power, where's the power come from? Does it come from you? No. Does it come from church? No. Does it come from the pastor? No. Because it doesn't say, finally be strong in Aaron and in the power of Aaron's might. Praise God that it doesn't say that. Amen? <laughs> or, or, or be strong in the church and the power of the church's might. No. The source is Jesus. I'm just going to tell you something. The one name that divides every conversation, that divides every conversation, that divides every speech, every anything you want to do, is when you say that you are in Christ. Jesus Christ. That name is the most controversial name since it was first, first spoken 2,000 years ago. Why? Because it's powerful. I'm telling you, I get asked to pray at events and speak at events and do things at events. 
And if they're ecumenical at all, they'll say, Pastor, could you not pray in the name of Jesus? And I go, I got a fundamental problem with that. And well, why? Well, because in Matthew chapter 6, he says, pray in this manner, in the name of Jesus. That's where my power comes from. It didn't come from my, my, my theological training that's displayed on the wall in my office. It doesn't come from, 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 from the church or the size. Or, it, it comes from him. Folks, I just want to remind you and all of us of one simple thing. Jesus is the most powerful name that can ever be uttered. The Bible says it's at the name of Jesus that kings and queens will bow down. It's in the name of Jesus that every tongue will confess and they will be saved. It's in the name of Jesus that divine healing flows. It's in the name of Jesus, once it's uttered, that the demons in hell tremble, the Bible says. That's our power source. Our power source isn't a pastor. Our power source isn't, isn't our, our church. Our power source isn't us. Our power source isn't our money. Our power source isn't how long we've been saved. Amen. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. It's in Christ. And just ask you a simple question. Who's powering your life? Is it you or is it him? Is it you or is it Jesus? You go, well, what's the difference? It's all the difference in the world. Well, what do you mean by that? It's the difference between trying and training. Trying. I'm going to go out today and I'm going to run a marathon. Don't laugh. How many, how many believe I can win it? it I, thank you. Bill's the only guy in the room. <laughs> right? No. Dude, I was at China Buffet yesterday. There's no way. <laughs> I was there at 11 o'clock. It was hot, man. I'm just telling you. Listen, I can try all I want. I can wish I may, wish I might have this wish I wish tonight. Or I can train. You know what I'm talking about? I can train, which means I'm working out my spiritual man all the time in prayer and in the word and the disciplines of the word and the disciplines of a godly lifestyle and, 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 and in taking captivity every thought and living my life unto God and just keep on keeping on. And, and, and the question is, is that am I powered by him or am I powered by me? Because if I'm just trying to live this life, I'm just telling you I'm a failure. Can I just say this? In the life of a pastor, there are days and there are times and there are seasons. And I know this may sound horrible. I don't mean for it too, and I hope I don't. I'm just going to tell you what every preacher does, but they won't ever say it. There's times I do it in me. And it makes all the difference in the world. When I'm preaching out of myself and out of my own intellect and my knowledge, or when I'm preaching out of the, out of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. When I'm, when, when, when I'm doing my official ministerial duties out of myself or when I'm flowing out of what God wants me to do. When I'm ministering to people because of what I think needs to happen or when I'm doing what I really feel like He wants to happen. It's the same way in your life. When you're doing your life powered by yourself, I'm telling you, it's short-sighted, it's emotional, it's up one day, it's down the next, it's good when it's good, and it's horrible when it's horrible, and, and, and it's just reckless. But when it's in him, there's a consistency, there's a solidness, there's a powering that happens. The second thing that he says about, about a, a preparation for battle is protection. I'm not going to talk a lot about this week, this, this subject this weekend, I'm going to talk about it next weekend, but verse 11a says this, put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand. Put on the full armor of God, you can take your stand. I love armor, uh, Under Armour, the athletic company. They have this phrase that kind of says, it says, protect this house. I love that. But, but they're not the first people to come up with that. Matter of fact, Paul said that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, when he says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? So protect it. So take care of it. 
protect this house. God doesn't dwell in, in, in steeples and stained glass in the hands that, that are made, the houses that are made by the hands of men. He dwells in the hearts and lives of men and women. He dwells in you. When you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and into your life and be your personal Lord and Savior, God dwells in you. That's why he wants you to have his armor, because he wants you to protect his house. What's his house? It's your body. It's you. It's who you are, wherever you go and whatever you do and whatever you say. And you have a stand to take. And are you taking it? And your stand is not by the Lord, but it's in the Lord. It's not through the Lord. It's in the Lord. And next week I'm going to talk a lot about that. But you've got to have power and protection when you're going into battle. The second thing you have to, a warrior must know, is know the enemy. You've got to know the enemy. You've got to know the enemy. Our enemy is Satan. You may say, that's just old school. Listen. He's, not, he's real. He's not fictitious. And be careful not to think so highly of your intellectual self that you dismiss what the apostles wrote about in the first century that was under the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we go, well, I just think that's just kind of like, is there really a real hell? Is there really a real, you know, real heaven? Is there really all this? Here's all I know, folks. I'm not the sharpest person in the room. I'm not the smartest person on the planet. Here's what I know. It's what the Bible says. The Bible says that there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. The Bible says that we will all die and then we'll stand before judgment. And the only thing that saves my rear end from a devil's hell is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's by faith that I've been saved through grace and that not of myself is a gift of God lest I would boast. That's all I know. Well, Rob Bell says that there may not be a hell. Well, then why don't you just go take your chances with Rob Bell? But Rob Bell didn't save me. Did he save you? He didn't even know me. And I'm going to take up his stance. Well, but Dr. So-and-so and so-and-so, are you, are you crazy? Just go back to what does the Bible say. Well, but you know, listen, <laughs> let's just bring it up real simple. There's a real devil. There's a real Satan. And, and this, is what the, this is what this passage says. And can I tell you, humanity is no match for Satan. If you go up against Satan, you are toast. Is that good? Let me, let me say that in the, in the King James Version. Thouest, artist, toastest. You're done. <laughs> We, we, we're no match. But the same way we're no match for him, he is no match for God. That's why we stand in God and not in ourselves. That's why I don't go in my name, but in the name of Jesus. Because in Christ, we're winners. In Christ, we're overcomers. In Christ, we win the war. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, that the enemy of your soul, Satan, is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The Bible says in John chapter 8, 44, that Satan himself is the father of all lies. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13, 14, and 15 says that Satan himself clothes himself and he masquerades as an angel of light, seeming like he's okay, but really he's the death and destruction at the door. Read with me again in the end of verse 11 and verse 12. It says that we are to stand against what? Against the devil's schemes for our struggle. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Against rulers, authorities, powers in this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. This is why I want to do this message this weekend. Because I want you to realize your problem is not you. Your problem is not your boss. Your problem is not your spouse. Your problem isn't the educational system. Your problem isn't the political system. Your problem isn't the resources that you have or that you don't have. Your problem isn't your connections. 
Your problem is, is that when you became a follower of Jesus Christ, you enlisted in the army of God, whether you knew it or you didn't know it, and you entered into a conflict, into the fight of your life, and you are ensured victory if you do it God's way. But if you don't take your stand in Him and be clothed in the full armor of God, you will be devastated. You will be annihilated. Make no mistake about it. There is one way to win this war, and that's through Him. And that's the reason why you see people that come into faith in Jesus Christ and they stay for a season and then they fall away. And you go, well, what happened to them? I can tell you what happened to them. They walked into the battlefield without any armor on. They walked right into the front lines without any protection. They tried to do it in themselves and not in God. And they found out that the adversary, Satan himself, was on a prowl like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he devoured them. It's not that God wasn't able to hold them. It's not that God didn't love them. It's not that God didn't have a plan for them. They, choose, they chose to do it their own way and to kind of be led away, the Bible says, by the pride of life or the lust of the flesh. And in doing so, they walked completely in, 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 into, into the path of the enemy, right out into the middle of the battlefield. And so when you are, when, so, so to, to realize that our struggle isn't against each other. Our struggle, isn't, our struggle is against this enemy that's out there. As we build this building, as, as we build this Germantown campus, the struggle isn't going to be against the local government or isn't going to be against the, the dollar or isn't going to be against the economy. It's, it's going to be because Satan doesn't want church to be established in that way. It, it, it's not any, when we did the West Campus, it's not that, 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 that you know, he's not excited about that. I mean, so, so to have problems, to have issues, to have whatever, it's just part of, the, it's just part of doing business. It's part of war. And, and so the Bible says, though, that, that, that Satan has schemes. And that word schemes means methods, strategies. S Satan is not some, some just haphazard type of, of being. No, he's very strategic. He, he, he specializes in kind of mat matching the bait uh, to what he's trying to catch. And, and just some struggles that, um, that, that, that he gives. I, I want to kind of co cover that real quick, and then I'm going to wrap it up. Because, because he has schemes. He has methods and attacks. But there's also a struggle that's involved. And that's that word struggle, when it says we don't wrestle, we don't struggle, it, it means to have, it's face-to-face, -face, it's personal, it's hand-to-hand -hand combat. This isn't something from a distance. This is something that's going to be completely right in your face. And so the schemes of the enemy, one is just conflict. Well, the first thing is just conflict, where you face discouragement or stress or adversity. You don't get the promotion. You don't get the raise. You lose your job. You, you didn't get accepted. You didn't make the team. Whatever it may be, all of a sudden life just has conflict to it. And a majority of people just shrink from conflict. They don't want to deal with conflict. I, I, I just don't want to deal with conflict. I, I just, I'm going to be like water. I'm going to take the path of least resistance. And I'm telling you, as a Christ follower, you can't do that. That may be your personality. That may be your makeup. But you have to take your stand fully clothed in the armor of God against the enemy. Not against the person. Not against the flesh and blood. That's not what we're fighting against, but against the enemy. And he will try to come in and just discourage you. You ever felt discouraged? You ever felt like quitting? Oh, dude, every Monday at Starbucks, I quit church. Every Monday. And then I just say, I can do this one more week. And you think I'm lying. But you thought the exact same thing before, too. And, 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 and you know, it's just it's these days where you just, God, I just can't do this. And I just wish I could just grow, go off the grid. And I wish I could just, just go somewhere. And I, I, just, I just wish I could be in an island somewhere. And just me and Jimmy Buffett. And, and life would just be great. And, and it's, it's just this escapism thing that we deal with. It's conflict. Another scheme that the enemy uses is, is conflict with ourselves, our own flesh, our own sin, our own temptation. Let me tell you something. Everybody in this room deals with some type of temptation, 
or some type of sin that just gets you, that you really have to beware of. It may be jealousy. It may be envy. It may be anger. It may be alcohol. It may be drugs. It may be sex. It may be pornography. It may be gossip. It, it may be greed. It may be money. It may be uh, acquiescing uh, of, of things. It may be coveting. I don't know what your, what your particular poison is, but here's what I do know. We're all part of the human race, and we all deal with it. And sometimes it changes. I mean, life's a lot like a Tupperware dish. When you think you've got all three corners down, and you're about to burp the fourth one and put it down, and all of a sudden one, another one pops up, right? Do you feel like that? Like, I got this thing lit. It's all mastered. What happened? All the wheels fell off. Okay, I'm back to square one. And I feel like shoots and ladders sometimes, right? And, and that's all part of the enemy's scheme. And the Bible says in Psalm chapter 66, verse 18, that if we have sin in our lives, God doesn't hear us when we pray. Do you hear that? The only prayer he hears is, Father, forgive me. God, forgive me. But if I'm a Christ follower and I'm allowing this sinful baggage in my life, I'm not talking about I'm struggling with this, but I'm, I'm just saying, well, I'm just going to deal with this. It's just part of how it is. It's just the way it is. I'm just going to do this, and I'm going to compartmentalize my life. You've put a lid on what God can do in your life, and you wonder why you're struggling because you won't deal with that sin. You won't confess that sin. You won't deal with that temptation. You won't put yourself there. Look, if you're an alcoholic, you don't go to a bar and just go, oh, let's see how strong I can be tonight. That's just stupid. Right? So the reality is, Paul says, if your sin offends you, if your arm offends you, cut it off. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. And you go, well, that, that's pretty over the top. Yeah, but better, he said, that you be maimed and make it to heaven than that sin destroy your life and you go to hell. The, the other thing the enemy does is conflict with people. Strife. Strife. Um, and, and strife is the opposite of unity, where you just, there's a contentious spirit. It could be at work. It could be at home. It could be at church. And unity is not tolerance. I just tolerate this person. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Look, you can take six cats and you can tie their tails together. You don't have, you, you got tolerance, but you don't have any unity. You just got a bunch of mad cats, right? You know what I'm talking about? It's the same way in our own life. Just because I'm sitting next to you and I'm smiling doesn't mean I like you and I'm just putting up with you and I'm tolerating. One day, I'm, I'm going to have my fill of you and I'm just going to explode, right? And it's going to be on like Donkey Kong and I've got issues I have to deal with. Paul says, as much as it depends upon me, be at peace with all men. People, Pe the, the same can use people. Conflict with success. Success, you say? Oh, yeah, it's a false sense of security. Revelation chapter 3, the church at Laodicea, the Bible says they were rich and increased and in need of nothing. Do you know that sometimes you can be so blessed to a point that you forget who the blesser is and that you've been blessed to be a blessing, that God just blessed you to be a blessing for someone else, and it gives you this false sense of security? And that's the reason why the Bible says sometimes that, that God allows us to decrease so that he may increase. You ever thought about that? Maybe, just maybe, you lost your job, not because God's trying to be mean to you, because he's trying to teach you dependency upon him, because he's your source, not the place you work for. Maybe, just maybe, you didn't make the team this time or it didn't work out this time and it just didn't happen right this time. And it has nothing to do with the fact that God doesn't love you. He's just trying to teach you dependence upon him. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, that, that, that every, all, every door shut except for this one door that you don't really think is worth it, but it's the only door to walk through. So you walk through it and, you just, and if you're not careful, you're going to have a bad attitude and what's going to happen, you're going to miss the very blessings of God for your life. Maybe, just maybe, there's some things that are happening in your life that God's decreasing you. He's bringing you down. You go, this isn't fair. This shouldn't be happening. I got news for you. Life hasn't been fair since the garden. That's just the truth. And if you don't get mad at anybody, get mad at God. 
Because the Bible says he's the one, that promotion doesn't come from the east and the west, but it comes from heaven above. That God is the one that increases, God's the one that blesses, God's the one that holds everything in his hands. And if he holds your salvation in his hands, he holds everything in your hands. So if you're going to be mad at somebody, get mad at God. Mm, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I'm telling you, the reality is, is that sometimes success happens in our life, and if we're not careful, the very thing that God uses to bless us, it separates us from God. All of a sudden, we got money to be able to go here and go there, and we don't, have to, we don't spend time in God's house anymore. All of a sudden, we got money to do this and that, and we're no longer serving anymore. All of a sudden, we got money to do this and that and whatever, and we don't really need this anymore. We're just going to kind of do this anymore. We're just going to kind of pick and choose. And all of a sudden, the very thing that God blessed us with is the very thing that keeps us from what he wants us to do. The last scheme, and these aren't exhaustive, but these are probably the top five, is failure. Well, you fail. Man, you try, and you fail, and you work your hardest, and you fail, and you try to run the race, and you fail, and all of a sudden you fail, and you just go, I'm done. Ever felt like that? Seriously. I'm done. I can't do this. I'm telling you, we all have. And the question I want to ask you tonight that I want you to answer is simply this. Are you fighting the spiritual battle with physical means? Because that's where the conflict comes from. It's when I'm trying to do it in myself. I'm trying to do it in my efforts. I'm trying to do it in my resources. I'm trying to do it with my ideas and with my connection, with my money, with my energy, with my smarts. And I'm talking to people in this room that have been, that have been Christ followers for a long time. We're the worst. Oh, my goodness. Because we think we know everything. I really, really, really believe that if we're going to win this war, everybody's desire that's in this room is, here's the deal is, everybody wants to do what's right. You don't want the preacher to yell at you. I, I understand that. I don't like it either. You want to make sure that when you die that you've lived a long and a healthy life and that you've done things that live on. You want to raise your kids right, right. You want, to, you want to love your spouse. You want to be faithful to the things of God. Um, you want to stand before God and hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Nobody wants to go to hell. But the problem is, is that we're engaged in a real battle. And I think some of us are walking around the battlefield just going, I don't know what the big deal is. And you're getting annihilated. You're getting shot at from every side. And you think it's you, and it's not you. It's the war that we're in. The Bible says that the people, they die from lack of knowledge, from lack of insight, from, from lack of understanding, from lack of wisdom. That we try to ask God to do this for us, and God doesn't do this for us. And we don't understand why, but we don't really take time to read the Scripture and really understand that we have to do it in Him and not by Him. And that makes all the difference in the world. Because I can't just come to the altar or come and say, God, do this for me. No, He will help me, but He's not a bridge over troubled water. He's the one that will wade through the middle of the ocean with you. But He will walk through it with you, but not keep you over it. And so we try and we push and we try to do it in our own self. And, and doing it on your own in this spiritual deal, and again, if you want to walk out here and just go, well, you know, man, I just don't know if I believe all that, then go on with your bad self. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Trying to deal with the spiritual war with physical means is the difference between 
uh, bows and arrows and wagons and horses facing guns and missiles and tanks and planes. There is no contest. And so God's word equips us. It's my job every week to serve up the bread of life hot and fresh to equip you to do the work of ministry. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4 says, For though we walk in the flesh, our bodies, we do not wage war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That word carnal is the root word carne. It's meat, flesh. They're not fleshly, but they're mighty in God through the pulling down of strongholds. It goes on to say, to the casting down of imaginations, to everything that exalts itself before the name and the power and the glory of God. We're in a war. And being a Christ follower doesn't start, stop the conflict. It actually starts the conflict. And the enemy doesn't fight fair. And the only way to win this war is to have complete dependence upon him, not upon yourself. So here's what I want to do this weekend. We have students. You've been at camp. You've been on mission trips. And you have made decisions in those altars and in those times. Oh, God! This year is going to be the year I'm going to stand for you. I'm going to witness for you. I'm going to live my life for you. I'm going to go against the flow. I'm going to go against this. And God's put things in your heart. And I know that, that, that we have students at, at, at Student Life that are starting a, a young life group on Homestead High School because there's not one there. And you're going out there and you're doing that. And there's students that are doing things at Germantown High School and Kennedy Middle School and, and throughout, and throughout our, our cities. And here's what I know. You're fighting a real devil and you know exactly what I'm talking about because before you've made statements, oh God, I want to do this for you and I want to be this for you. And then after the first nine weeks, it's like you crash and you burn because temptation comes in and, and conflict comes in and strife comes in and stress comes in and you just go, it's just not worth it and you just kind of fall to the wayside. But I'm telling you, there's a way to make it through to keep your promise. And it's what I'm teaching you today. There's parents in this room that you've made some resolves, that you've made some decisions. And as I've talked today, it's been in your heart. It's kind of welled up in your heart. I, I, I want to be better in this area. I, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better wife. Maybe you're a single young man. I, I want to be pure before God or a young woman. I, I, I want to be that virtuous th Proverbs 30, 31 woman. And, and I want to live this life and I want to do this for God. And I'm telling you, all hell is breaking loose in your life. There's some of you that you've began in just the last several months to financially put God first in your giving. And it just seems like, man, your money's evaporating and things are happening. It's like, man, I thought I'm supposed to be blessed. Isn't that what the Bible says? And all of a sudden, it's all happening. And, and, you're, and there's, this, there's this flood that's coming into you. Maybe you own a business and you've said, I want to give this amount of money for my business to missions. Or I want to do this or do that. And it just seems like nothing is taken off. Maybe, just maybe. You've got good intentions, but you're doing it in yourself and not in him. And you're asking him to fix it, but he doesn't fix it. The only way he changes it is through you when you are in him. Maybe you've just made a new decision for Christ. You're low-key about it. You don't really tell anybody. But in here. And you go, Wow. I don't want you to be a casualty of this war. I don't want you to be a head that's mounted in the trophy room of Satan. I know that sounds cliche but it's, it's just true. So here's what I want us to do. As the musicians are playing, they're going to come back, and they're going to lead us in a couple of songs. And I'm going to pray in just a second, and I'm just going to ask you to come 
and to find a place of prayer. Move from your seat. Now listen, I know there's a couple things. If you're a guest, if I'm a guest and I'm at church, man, that freaks me out. I don't know people what's going to happen. I've been at church. You people clap. I've never been like that before. I felt like it was a concert. And like, is American Idol going to walk out? And what's happening? And people raising their hands. I don't get this and that kind of deal. I understand. You feel, feel free to stay in your seat. But if you're a regular life church attender, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you to move from your seat. And I'm going to ask you to find a place to pray. Why? Because here's what I want you to do. I want, there's something. Change of place plus change of place equals change of perspective. Something happens when I go, you know what? I'm going to get up from this seat. I'm going to walk to the front. I'm going to find myself a place to pray. And I'm just going to give this to God. And maybe there's a situation you need to give him. Maybe you need to confess something to him. Maybe you've just been trying to ask him to do it for you. And you realize that you've got to do it in him. Maybe there's some course corrections you need to make. I don't know. Maybe you're a student and you're like, this is the year, man. This is the year I'm going to live for God. This is the year I'm making a change. I'm marking a line in the sand. I am not going to follow the way of the peer pressure. Maybe all hell is breaking loose in your life. Maybe tonight was your last service. You got God, I'm going to give you one more chance. I don't know. What I do know is that the God of the universe loves you and cares for you and has a plan for your life. And it is not for you to be annihilated or, or destroyed, but it's to be blessed and it's to move forward. And I believe as we go into this fall, as we go into the next 12 months, this is going to be a message. This is going to be something that we're going to need to go back to and go, oh, God, help me. So I'm going to pray. You're not responding to me. I'm going to ask you to move from your seat. And then we're going to have our prayer partners, pastors, and staff, and their spouses. We're just going to come alongside, and we're just going to just put our hands on your back. I'm not asking you to line up. Just come and find a place to pray. But just spend these next few moments just giving this battle to God, just asking God to help you not do it in yourself, but to do it in Him. Father, I just thank you. To the mighty name of Jesus, God, that we have power and strength in you and not in ourselves. And I just pray, oh Lord, in these next few moments, that you, Lord, would show up here in such an awesome and an incredible way. And God, meet us here tonight. Meet us here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Make your way. Move from where you are. If you want prayer, and we're going to pray for you and be up front.